Welcome into episode 47 of the Bluest Tape. I am Harvey Couch alongside Jeff Colath. And thanks for joining us as we take our weekly trip through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. If you're a first time listener, thanks for joining us. And if you've been here before, we appreciate your uh, continued support. Um, Jeff, good week. Uh, it's been all right, you know, as in, uh, you know, it's 71 degrees in Memphis, Tennessee at 8.52 p.m. in February. Um, uh, it's odd weather we're having, I guess. Mm. But then it's going to be like 45 and it's supposed to rain for like the next eight days. So, you know. I spent four days in San Antonio uh, this past week and I was really excited about getting down south and, you know, some warmer weather. And I show up and it is 35 degrees, windy and rainy. <laughs> Uh, fantastic we didn't need to leave home for that but uh anyway you folks didn't didn't tune in to listen to us talk about weather um (laughs) but we have a we have a couple sort of like this is a momentous episode for a couple reasons um and before we get into our weekly picks we just want to you know get folks prepared um the first thing is that we're going to be playing music by the newest version of this band now that we're in episode 47 for the first time ever. We are a pretty new podcast. It's taken us a while to get our legs underneath us. Um, you know, we feel like we had to learn the old content first and really become familiar with it before we could just jump in to, to, to this new stuff. Isn't, isn't that the reason why? It took us 46 weeks to 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 get somewhere in the last 16 years you know um yeah no it's i mean we we enjoy the past we're old and um we're talking we about like, weather therefore we, so we are old. <laughs> and um but we knew this time would have to come and uh and i'm excited actually and uh it was fun listening to some of this music and um so what we're going to do this week is look at the uh, the Panic in the Playa shows. And uh, considering that both of us are, uh, you know, not, not super educated on recent Panic stuff, um, we brought, we've got a really great guest to join us, and that's uh, Curtis George from Panic Stream. And so Curtis was down there for the shows, and... Um, we talk a little bit about the site and you know how it got started and and what his plans are for the future and uh and he made some picks for us to play uh from the shows down in mexico and um i enjoyed the choices and i enjoyed talking to him so um we're going to get into that really soon but that's just part of the big news this week the second part is that um we're part of a network jeff we are and it's 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 exciting um that we, we are part of the Osiris Podcast Network starting this week. Why don't you tell the folks more about it? So, uh, so yeah, the Bluest Tape is part of the Osiris Network. Uh, Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts, connecting listeners with conversation, commentary, and, of course, lots of music. Check it out at osirispod.com for more great podcasts uh, and You'll hear more about Osiris at the end of this episode, um, but we're really excited. There's, uh, you know, 
a really good group of podcasts already in the network. They're adding, you know, we're adding more, uh, as, as we come along, um, got a lot of support and I think it's going to be a really great way to, uh, get more folks exposed to this podcast, as well as get the folks that listen to this podcast exposed to some, some other really great podcasts. So, um, there are other folks that do sort of similar things that we do with other bands. Uh, but then there's others that are just, you know, in interview shows, conversations about different things with music and culture. And, um, yeah, so I'm really, really excited about it. So, um, we appreciate you guys coming along this journey with us. And this is sort of the next phase. So uh, definitely check them out at OsirisPod.com. All right. So, um, Jeff, do you have anything cool this week to share with the with the good listeners? I do. I'm actually going to share uh, a blog that one of my, my good friends and professional colleagues and, and just somebody I've known for a long time and one of the smartest people I know, that is uh, Dr. Charles Hughes, who's, at, who's the director of the Memphis Center at Rhodes College here in town. The Memphis Center is a really great organization on the Rhodes, Rhodes campus um, that spends a lot of time in the community, encourages students to get beyond, outside, the, outside those walls of academia, and provides them with some professional opportunities out in the community, also works very heavily in the arts, um, but also sort of that intersection between arts and culture and business healthcare, which is obviously a big thing here in Memphis, and they've done a lot of great stuff. Well, Charles is a top-notch scholar. Um, his first book, Country Soul, which came out a few years ago at U- from UNC, UNC Press, looks at um, the idea of race and music in the, the South during the 1960s, specifically looking at Stax Records, where I, I work, and um, Muscle Shoals, um, the two studios there, Fame, and later the, uh, the Jackson Highway Studio. Um, he's got a, working on a new book right now, which is pretty exciting because it's all going to be about race and professional wrestling, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but Charles has started a blog um, called the 68 Comeback Special, and it's 68, the number, comeback special, all one thing, dot wordpress.com. And so what Charles is doing is he's reviewing albums on their 50th anniversary. So, um, and... I don't, it's not hyperbole to say this, but it's also sort of, you know, I don't know if you want to call it breaking news, but there were some really good albums that came out in 1968. Um, so, so, um, this, this, this week he's, uh, reviewed a Joe Tex record live and lively, which is pretty fantastic. He, last week he looked at some singles from, from that year. Um, he's looking at everything, rock, soul, country, jazz. He did white light, white heat, which isn't too shabby of a record. Dr. John's first record, Gree Gree, or Dr. John the Night Tripper, sorry, Gree Gree, which of course has Gilded Splinters on it, which if you haven't heard that record, highly suggest going out to get it. Um, Lady Soul from Aretha, uh, Notorious Bird Brothers, Taj Mahal, Merle Haggard, um, and that's only up through, you know, the end of middle, the middle of February, um, not just, and we got a lot of time to go. So anyway, Charles is, a, is again, he's a, such an incredible scholar and understands understands sort of the big picture and also understands where these albums fit in into a larger context and so does a great job with this so i highly recommend it 68 comeback special wordpress.com nice that sounds pretty awesome um all right so mine is a uh is an article in a magazine that uh they still make those i think they print them on paper and 
but yeah, um, like a blog. People still read blogs. Too. It's like a. It's like if you took a blog and printed it out <laughs> on paper, and then um, put a cover on it and yeah, and sold it in a store. Um, but it was uh, it was the cover article from uh, Wired magazine this month. Um, the title is uh, "Inside the Two Years That Shook Facebook and the World," and with the subtitle is how a confused defensive social media giant steered itself into a disaster and how Mark Zuckerberg is trying to fix it all. Uh, and it's by Nicholas Thompson, who is the, uh, editor in chief at, uh, at wired and Fred Vogelstein. And, uh, he actually, Nicholas Thompson was the like keynote speaker at the conference that I was at this past week. Uh, and so he was like, you know, it was like his first public appearance since uh, after this article came out. It's a really, it's a really, really interesting article about, um, you don't really have to, uh, I mean, he just does a great job of laying it out. It's not really about like taking sides either politically, you know, whether, uh, you know, whether the Russians influence the elections or if that's fake news or, um, or Facebook, you know, allowed that to happen or how they're responding to it and uh it's just it's really really well written really well researched and um i highly recommend uh spending the time to check that out the uh i don't know if you saw the cover of like of the wired magazine um they took like a picture of mark zuckerberg and like made it look like he got beat up it's it's sort of an iconic uh iconic image but um yeah, check that out. on It's on Wired.com. I think you can read a couple articles every month for free. Uh, but, um, you know, it's always good to, to subscribe to uh, to journal, you know, journalistic endeavors and try to help support the, uh, the cause there. I had not seen that. Um, it sounds interesting. And, you know, I think as we head into, we keep saying we're not going to get political, but every week we keep talking about it. We keep inching, <laughs> we keep inching into it. I think, um, you know, how social media was, was, you know, in a lot of ways was weaponized in the last election and continues to be, um, both Facebook and Twitter and, and other, and other platforms is, is really going to be a topic of discussion going forward. It's just, it's the, some of the, the, again, whether some folks believe it's fake news, but some of the info, some of the evidence that has come out, is pretty shocking where all this stuff comes from and the impact of bots, especially it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes into this and I don't want to get too deep into it, but there are a couple points that I thought were really interesting. One was that sort of the, and that's why it talks about the last two, the two years. And that I guess it started really in, uh, February of 2016 when I don't know if you recall this but like a bunch of Republicans and conservative media outlets got upset that the curated news stories on Facebook like the not you know not your news feed of like you know your status updates but like the you know trending news topics that that was like curated by humans to to present like the most you know interesting or you know uh, informative or you know, stories of the day and that the conservatives were upset that, you know, these folks were, uh, you know, liberal people sitting in there and they were, you know, not presenting a, a, a fair representation of what the news were. And, and that may have been a legitimate, you know, gripe, but essentially what Facebook did was to, to, um, offset that was, uh, 
to to to, to develop a um, they developed this algorithm that decided which news topics were the most you know people were most interested in reading, and that is essentially what allowed all the things that happened to happen because there weren't people there to look and see well you know well the Pope didn't endorse Donald Trump or um, you know Hillary Clinton didn't murder a bunch of people or whatever you know the stories were so that was the one thing that really enabled all that stuff to happen and then the second thing that I thought was really interesting was that you know while there most likely was a lot of things happening from the you know Russian government or or whatever but but that a lot of that stuff that fake news that was coming through was just like random like teenagers in Macedonia putting on these like inflammatory crazy stories on blogs or you know fake websites and and it was generating traffic to these websites and they were putting like google google ads on the websites to generate revenue so it was like this circle where they were putting these fake news stories on they knew that people would click on them because they were like crazy and salacious and then when people landed on the pages they collected cash because they were selling ads on the web pages and that was it it wasn't about like um you know getting donald trump elected or whatever it was just that those were the stories that uh, you know the american like group think was clicking on and that's what was causing uh a lot of that not you know i don't even know that it was a majority of it but that there was a there was a decent amount of that kind of traffic which is like i mean i don't know if that's a worse statement on just you know the american psyche or what but so basically what you're saying is it's we have macedonian teenagers to blame for a lot of for what's going on is that what you're telling me i I think they own a little bit of it great (laughs) they're on on the list right yeah it's a long list (laughs) um so anyway so that's what i've got but um and as far as and and you know we are we've already recorded this uh this the show with with curtis and so i'm gonna just this is what's called a tease in the business uh we curtis breaks some news during our interview so stay tuned and uh he's got some news about uh you know stuff with the site and and things going on there so um be sure to check that out you like that yeah that was good i was i was waiting for you uh waiting for you to do that um it's not very often we have breaking news but uh it's pretty (laughs) exciting and I think yeah. look forward to um, what co- hopefully what comes out of that, and it'll hopefully be here on our on our podcast at some point. But yeah, it was great to talk to Curtis. Um, you know, this is a, a guy who is an integral part of the Panic community. Does a really great service to all of us with his website, mm-hmm. um, and has become you know close with the band and close with the crew members, and and really I think has. can really for 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 me especially it was interesting to hear him talk about panic and the playa but i think also just to give a little insight to the scene as it currently exists too mm. um because it's not the scene that i am part of so it's um so that was interesting as well but it's also i mean again for all the talk we do about 96 and 97 and all these other shows that we went to and everything curtis is equally as passionate about what's going on now and um, so while we might be old and crotchety about some things um it was very fun to have somebody on here who's currently going to shows and and obviously really loves what's going on yeah basically you know when you're when you're listening to the podcast and you're trying to you know picture what we look like just imagine statler and waldorf 
in the balcony box at the Muppet Theater. And that's Pretty essentially much. where we are. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yep. I got the eyebrows. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, um, I don't want to let the folks uh, leave them uh, waiting too much longer. So, um, will uh, you have anything else to add before we get to the nope, to the show? Let's get to the music. Okay. All right. So. Um, this is uh, two of us and Curtis George from Panic Stream, and uh, and we start uh, we talk about you know some of his history, and then we get into uh, some uh, pretty awesome music from uh, last month at Panic in the Playa. Joined now by Curtis George from uh, PanicStream.com. Um, Curtis, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. Happy to be here. Um, I want to get into. We're going to play some uh, some stuff from uh, Panic in the Playa. This is sort of a momentous occasion. This is episode 47 of the podcast, and we have not actually played any Panic post-summer 2002. (laughs) So this is kind of a big, big moment for us. So thanks for for holding our hands as we go through this. But but, um, before we get to the music, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, your your history and then, you know, some about the site. Talk maybe a little bit about how your first exposure to the band, how you you know first got into them. What was what was that that history like for you? Um, I was actually kind of a I got into them late as far as most compared to most people, and that it was after college. Um, I did I went to in college. I was not an athletic trainer at uh, the University of Texas, and uh, during the Ricky Williams era. And so my whole life at the time revolved around UT football year round. And uh, so I didn't really, even though I was in Austin, I didn't really truly get to explore music outside the city of Austin. Like most, you know, college kids can make road trips and stuff like that. (laughs) I didn't get to do all that. Um, So it was like, I was actually, um, I got into them, uh, through ironically cheerleading um i was working uh cheerleading camps during the summer and uh as an athletic trainer and uh one of the instructors every time i'd meet he'd always have it have panic playing in his in his vehicle so we would go to lunch or whatever and i you know i would hear it and he's like, he, you know, and he was, I said they were good. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you would like them, you know. They're coming to Dallas. You want to go see them? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so um, I actually, you know, so I didn't, I was actually, my first show wasn't until 2000. I graduated college in 98. And my first show was not until Dallas in 2000. So, and just kind of dove, dove in head first after that. I thought I thought for sure you were going to tell me some story about a cheerleader whose routine was to you know disco or something. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it was just like from the get go, like you saw them and then you know they grabbed your legs. Yeah, and you were and, there. and I think I've you know I've told people before, but it's like you know I, I love the music, but what really grabbed me was the crowd and just spinning around and just kind of seeing this, the, the sea of motion mm-hmm. all around me. Nobody was standing still. And it's like, this is awesome. These are my people. Right. You know, and it's just kind of just that excitement, the happiness and just of like, I like this, you know, and just, and that's why it's kind of always been, even though 
I knew nothing about websites at that point. That's why I've kept Panic Stream towards the community, towards the crowd. You know, because it's for me, it's always been about the crowd, the people, and that you know, it's kind of my my main attraction to you know to the band. Did you? Um, I mean, you know, the website is obviously you know a collection of all these live recordings. Um, was that something that you were into before? I mean, were, were you collecting shows, or CDs, or you know, was that something that you were into, or that just sort of was a byproduct of? you know, creating the site. Um, I was collecting shows through BitTorrent. And, uh, and at the time I had a, I bought uh, a domain. I bought my own domain, curtisgeorge.com because at the time I wanted my own email address to have for the rest of my life. Instead of having some random hotmail address or mm -hmm. Yahoo or whatever, I wanted my own domain, email curtisgeorge.com. And through that, I started kind of tinkering with the site, you know, learning how to make a site. And it was one of those annoying sites where when you load, when it loaded, music would already start playing. <laughs> that was one of those, you know, one of those type of sites. And what it would play was Ain't Life Grand. Every time, every time you came to my site, Ain't Life Grand would start playing. And then we just kind of, you know, I had a live chat on there and basically a few buddies, we would stay in touch, you know, through the live chat, you know, they would be living across the country. And then, and it was like jazz fest. Oh, three, um, a bunch of us from across the country, a bunch of friends, um, descended on new Orleans for jazz fest. And after, after the shows, um, I think we went to like Acme, Acme oyster bar or something mm -hmm. to have lunch. And, uh, before we kind of split up, and headed back, you know, wherever back home. And a couple of the guys suggested, why don't I make a site with streaming for streaming panic? I mean, do that instead of doing one song, do a whole show. And I thought they were nuts. I was like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and but they kind of talked me into it. And I told them I would look into it and and uh, that's kind of how it all Jazz Fest 03 is kind of how it all started. And, of course, then the band was on hiatus in 04. And so I didn't do anything. It didn't work with it any. And then it was about January of 05 that it was like my roommate at the time was like, hey, you need to, you going to start doing anything for that site? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess I need to do something. And that's kind of when it all, when it all started and went into the stratosphere. Um, they came, they returned to the Fox in March. And it just kind of really got launched, yeah, and that really hasn't ever come down. <laughs> so I know that like live set list was and still is right, but like that was a, that was a big part of the site. Was how did you? Was that you know? Did that sort of come before? Yes. Was that after the music? Like you hosted some shows first, and you're like, well, now that there are people here, we should start doing set lists. Well, you know, I've always considered March 24th as the site's birthday, but it was it was up for a couple months before that, and I installed like a uh, an online counter that would show you how many people were on the page. And the first, you know, it was just like three or four of us, and then as word kind of getting around uh, word of mouth, it would be like 
10 people, I'd get excited, you know, like, holy shit. There's like, hello, say something, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, there's like 20 people and then gradually more people were coming on the chat board. So this time I only had like two or three shows up for stream up, you know, streams up, you know, there was no selection. And so people kind of started interacting on the board more and more. And at the time, I had a my phone, my cell phone was a Nextel. So, you know, remember, remember the Nextel walkie-talkie? Oh, sure, yeah. And another guy, another, another guy, I've never met him, another stranger on the board. He's like, I've got Nextel, I'm going to the show. He, you know, because text messaging back then wasn't even a thing yet. Right. You know, it was, you know, it was like 15 cents a text. No, right. no, one's, no one's saying, you know, no one's texting. But he's like, I've got Nextel. It's like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll walkie-talkie the songs. Huh. I'm like, that's a great idea. And so that was kind of very just very organically happened. And he went to the show and he's yelling in his phone every song. And I'm, you know, and I'm back here and I'm posting, you know, about putting them up on the, on this, on the site live. And that's kind of how, how that started. And since then, then, you know, of course the next show, it was like, are you gonna do a live set list again? I'm like, uh, you know, it kind of opened up a can of worms because you have to find somebody to volunteer that's going and, and just kind of get to where people wanted to volunteer. They wanted they wanted their name up there as a source, mm. and you know, so it kind of evolved, you know, until we started doing live streams, where it was a really big deal finding, you know, I had to find four or five sources to text because inevitably, as people are enjoying the show, off, <laughs> yeah, as their sobriety <laughs> level decreased. Their there was the reliability of it as well. Right? Yeah, by the end of the show, you're, you're like you're trying to read Sanskrit. <laughs> you know, it's just you don't you know it's like you're trying to piece it together. And so it's like I, I would have to have four or five. So I'd start with four or five. And I would end up with one maybe. So it was it was just a an ongoing you know thing, but it involved. It was awesome because it involved everybody. And, and everybody. I, I imagine you got like you know some false false positives on set list too, right? I mean, especially oh, yeah. in that era, you're getting some new songs and some you know covers and things that that had not been played much before, and so you're, you, I'm sure you had some new songs and teases that people would jump the gun on. Yeah, and like and of course it got to where if, if I ever got, I would get a I would get a dirty business exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> and and that got to where I would wait for the inevitable. Oh, right, sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, I, I would get to where there were songs that I knew would fool people. That I would wait and I would hold off on posting and just make sure that it was right. So because you know at the time you know at the time Twitter didn't exist, Facebook didn't exist. It was just kind of a, you know, you had to rely on, you know, the people who had the show. So it was a it was a, a lot of growing pains. We made we made we made some, some mistakes along the way, but you kind of had to, you know. But it's made us you know we've got it pretty fine tuned now. <laughs> Do you have um? Was there is there is there you know like a specific? Because we talk a lot about you know different eras of the band or you know moments and tours and shows and. Like we're partial to certain certain time periods. Do you have do you have a favorite um, 
you know, tour or, or time period for the band that you, you go back to the sort of your sweet spot? Uh, spring 97 okay. is kind so, of where so. I, I tend to end up. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, the 51097 or, you know, just kind of, I love that whole, you know, that whole era right there. They were playing so good. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've visited that, I think, several times. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, yeah, that's... I was like, Curtis, one of the, you know, your, your, the site's not just become, obviously, it's Panic Stream, and you've got a, a huge compendium of Panic shows, but you also have a massive cachet of other stuff on there, too. And you've sort of become you become kind of a go-to resource for other bands like the mule and even some fish and stuff. So, so, I mean, what made you decide to expand it beyond the literal beyond panic stream and incorporate some of those other bands and, and, and their live shows and, oh, and old stuff too. A lot of archival things as well. A lot of it came from a desire for more content. Like it was getting to the point where I was uploading every single panic show I could find. I was I was trying to average five five shows a day, and it was getting to where okay, I'm I was having a hard time, you know, locating shows. You know, just either weren't in circulation or getting getting hard copies of them, or you know, just, just finding finding panic shows. Or and it was like, or it would be like between tours, and I would just I would want content. You know, I was, I was like, I gotta you know, what can I post? And maybe it was a festival or something, and I started posting kind of other bands like that were playing with Panic or you know Government Mule or whatever. And it's just kind of, I was like, well, shit, why can't I, I can do this for any, any you know anything else? It's like so it just kind of branched out, and it was just a really mainly a desire for more content, you know, on, when it was slow and I needed you know something to, you know, I try to have new stuff every day. And it was just kind of, you know, I think, I think over the history of the site now, you know, coming up on 13 years, I think there's been like a new show on average, like every, every 28, every, a new stream, like every 28 hours mm. over the, over the 13 years. So there's a lot of, that's impressive. You, you can get lost in there. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, in terms of, panic shows obviously you know harvey and i were both trading tapes for a long time and you know did a lot of work to try to share as much as we could when we first started sharing things and you know shins and then you know trade and all that kind of stuff and so there but there's always been shows that we were chasing after and you know, sometimes we got them. most of the ones i think we ended up getting over the years but is there a show that you know of or people have told you about that's not in circulation that is sort of like you're become your holy grail show or i mean you know and i guess the sub question is how how hard i mean how hard are you looking to um, fill in those gaps um, for 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 shows that you're missing from you know 95 and, and back um for i've gone through i've had people give me cases of cds and I've gone through CDs and every single CD to see if it filled in a gap and, you know, ripping, you know, from there. Um, I will say you'll be the first, first to hear about this publicly. Um, 
Ted Rockwell of Everyday Companion, um, he recently was given some uncirculated DAT masters from like 90, 92, and 90, like um, several, you know, like right in there. And uh, he's about to transfer those. So those are actually some shows that are about to come into circulation for the first time. Cool. Um, So that's, that's, uh, Break, breaking, breaking news here Harvey, on the blue estate. We need a breaking news, Kyra. Where's, <laughs> where's our intern to do this? I mean, I think he, he just he just contacted me a couple nights ago. So yeah, oh, I, saw um, him, I saw him talking some on Facebook about that. We'll need to get yeah, him back, was, back was, on the he show. Was, to, he was asking for he said for his deck. deck. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that, 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 that's why it's that's what's in progress. Nice. So that's that's. Um, he got all of Sam Holt's masters oh, that's as well. Awesome. So there's there's some some new content coming down the coming down the pipe. That's good. So, uh, but yeah, there's there's not anything that's like like you know not a holy grail that I'm really after. Um, I just always look for anything I don't have in any source. You know, I can get. You know, and then I'll figure out a way of get, putting it up. What uh. That's, I mean, that's, it's, I think that's one of the things I probably miss most about, you know, the good old days is not chasing after anything anymore when it comes to these shows <laughs> because there was always something trying to find it and seeing it on somebody's list. So it's, you don't, I don't have that anymore. Um, in terms of, you know, you've been doing this for 13 years, you know, what kind of, what, if any kind of reaction and feedback have you gotten from Widespread Panic? and guys in the band and, and, and their team? Um, well, New Year's, this week, I don't know if... No, yeah, that was going to be my next question was about that, so... That was a very special... <laughs> I can't even... It's hard to put in words how special that was. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Brown Cat slash Panic can't... Probably legally can't acknowledge, officially acknowledge... Panic stream or endorse, right? You know, yeah, or, or yeah, or endorse, yeah. So for them to allow that to go on, that surprise reveal, for that to happen in the soundboard area, um, was a pretty big deal to me. Um, that was, you know, I mean, they were all informed of it. Um, you know, the wives normally, yet at the time, I didn't realize that. Brett and Paul didn't leave the soundboard area. They were still there. I didn't realize that all the wives and girlfriends were still there. You know, normally they all leave during set break. Hmm. So and it didn't catch, you know, it didn't occur to me at the time. Why, why are they still here? <laughs> and <laughs> I, I found out shortly thereafter. <laughs> um, but that was, that was a really big deal, you know, to me personally. Um, another one that, was probably I was the only person that would that would catch it um, was in 2015 when I was when the site was coming up on its 10th 10th birthday um, panic happened to be playing on March 20 24th um, or March 23rd uh, I can't remember where it was but that was the 10th anniversary of the Atlanta the Fox when they came out of you know, which I consider the site's birthday, which they opened with Holden Oversoul on that show. Well, 
like I said, I kind of talked it up about being 10 years and somehow I must have gotten to schools or somebody. And they opened up that show in 2015 with Holden Over Soul. It could have been, it could have been just, you know. No, no, it was definitely. It's, it's, I don't, I don't believe it anymore in this, this band. So that was, that's, I'm the only person that would have caught that. Oh. So it just kind of, that was another nod that, you know, it just felt good that, you know, they appreciate what I do. And that's, you know, I don't ask for anything. They let me, they do let me in the soundboard. Um, but that's, that's a mobility issue. So, you know, I'm gracious for that. Uh, but so it, it's a, you know, I'm very, I'm very appreciative that they let me do what makes, you know, this and they get a lot of free promotion out of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, nice. Well, um, should should we get into to some into the uh, panic in the plier? Or Jeff, did you have something else you wanted? To... No, nope, okay. we covered it. All right, cool. Um, so the band played. I'm, you know, most people are aware. Down in Mexico at the end of January, four nights. Uh, I guess it was the was it the seventh, seventh and <laughs> and you know annual trip yes. down there. Um, yes. And was. Uh, you were there. How many of them have you attended? I've done five. I did not do the first one, and I did not do the first one here at in Cancun. Okay. So this this, this is the third one in Cancun. I, I, went, I went last year and, and then this year. So I've done five of the seven. Um, I, 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 I want to get into the music, but can you set? I mean, just because neither of us have ever done any of the, you know, done one of these experiences. What is it? like i mean it's not like going to a regular show obviously right i mean you're there you're kind of in the in a you know you're in a space with all the people and you know imagine disneyland for panic fans and that's that's what it is um it's a it's a free-for-all all all you can drink all you can eat you know it's just 24 you know 24 hours a day it's yeah it's it's fun. Um, are there other people at the place that are not? No. Okay, so the, no, the entire... It's, it's all panic fans. Nice, the yeah. entire resort is just panic fans. There's no normal people there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, in fact, if you, if you stay, a lot of times, you know, a lot of times people will buy, will get an extra day just to recover and sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's very strange when normal people come in <laughs> The next day, and they don't have any idea of the debauchery that's taken place over right. the pre- previous four days. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's the staff loves us. You know, of any of any staff always says we're always the best group because we tip. Hmm. I guess they're not you know all inclusive resorts. They're not used to being you know. I guess the normal tourists don't tip as much, yeah. and we're always so gracious, and nice. you know they always like. You know, you know, you'll see waiters dancing during the show just because, you know, this first time you ever heard that music and they love it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, they really, they, they really enjoy us. Um, we're going to pick things up with the, with the second night. What was the experience like in the first night? I mean, I guess basically, you know, Jeff and I are following along on, on this website, panicstream.com, watching the set list come in. And then it's like, you know, it seems like all hell breaks loose. <laughs> What what was it? I mean, it's I guess it kind of came it out of went, nowhere, right? Or you know, it came out of nowhere. This, the crew, you know, I mean, it's you're 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 in a, in the tropical. 
Right. It, you know, you get little, you get little surprise showers. You know, that's kind of normal. This wasn't normal, but this just came out. It went from within 30 seconds to having nothing to a few drops to holy shit, we gotta get out of here. This is like, I mean, run, you know, run for safety. Right. <laughs> uh, it was, I mean, the 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 video board that was behind the band uh, for Paul Hoffman, uh, it went horizontal. It mm. broke free. It was it was oh. blowing horizontal above, basically above, like Dwayne's kit. Yeah. And, wow. um, I mean, people were like, they thought it was coming. Like the people at the rail crouched down below the rail, thinking that was about to come towards them. Mm. I mean, it was, it was a scary moment, and uh, it's funny the the tapers. You know, we had there were four tapers there, and in the in the chaos, all their wires were were, were tangled, you know, through each other. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being, I had, I had a really close room. All the tapers ended up in my room, still carrying their mic stands with the mics just everything's all in one big pile as, as one big mass <laughs> go they, they actually beat me to my own room they jumped over my rail huh. and all their all the rigs went into the bathtub so they could because everything was soaked huh. so they could start you know trying to dry it so it was it was a very chaotic you know what was that moment and i mean the it ripped the ripped the tarps on the side of the stage and it was Next, the next morning, it, it looked about like like all of us typically do in the next morning after a run. Mm. It was a, uh, you know, functional but little little rough around the edges. What was the time from like the you know the first raindrop to like we're shutting within, it down? Within thirty seconds. Oh wow! From from nothing to. But like when the like, band left the stage, like how long from like how long did it take them to realize like we gotta get out of here? They, they were finishing up solid rock, I believe, and that's when it hit. So it was like, it was, I mean, it was, it happened to catch them right between songs. So it, it made it easy for them to, mm-hmm. to run off stage. Okay. They weren't in the middle of the song. So it'd be, it was, you know, uh, they, they were just finishing up solid rock whenever I think I tweeted rain moving in the area. Mm-hmm. And by the time I tweeted that and looked back up, it was already starting to, Wind was picking up, and then they left the stage, and then that's when it just horizontal rain. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, so everybody recovers, and they get everything you know put back up, and uh, they come out the next night. And um, you gotta love the the stone me opener is pretty fitting, but um, yeah, the the section that, that you picked out for us to play is uh, is post drums, and um, some guests some guest uh, appearance, Eric Krasno on guitar and, and Ivan Neville on keyboard. So uh, we're going to play that and then uh, we'll come back and, uh, and talk about it.
Alright, that was Widespread Panic, the second night of Panic in La Playa Siete, uh, January 27th um, of this past, of this year, not this past year, this year. I'm already looking forward to 2019, I guess. Um, <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all, somehow. Um, that was Maggot Brain into Ride Me High into Busted Big with Eric Krasno on guitar and Ivan Neville on keyboards. And probably one of the longer versions of Maggot Brain that's out there. Um, you know, most of the Hauser ones are pretty, pretty short and stick to the script, the original Funkadelic script. This one extends pretty good, and it's it's some great airplay between uh, Jimmy and uh, and Eric on this one. Yeah, they uh, Jimmy and Eric stood facing each other, watching each other, you know, playing off one another. Uh, that whole set, that segment, it was, uh, it was it was it was definitely a highlight. Yeah, I mean, he was. Uh... I was just, yeah, I was blown away listening to it. Um, just, you know, those guys were just, yeah, pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> Krasno's incredible. So who was he playing with? Like, was he in, playing in a band, like, you know, one of the supporting acts? Well, yeah, the, one of the, like, um, at the last minute, uh, I think O'Teal had to back out. So they were, they were one of the late night groups was going to be the Zambi All-Stars. Okay. Um, but O'Teal had to back out. I can't remember what it what it was. So that kind of got. So they, what they did, they. This is like a band. Uh, it's called the Cleaners, and it's kind of like apparently it's like a third show together, third performance together. Huh. Um, basically, it's Dwayne Trucks, um, Krasno. Basically, it's Atlanta, the Atlanta you know group, um, Marcus King. Uh, can't think who else off the top of my head, but basically, but they played, they played late night, hmm. one of the nights, and it was probably the set of the week. It was that good. Wow. Um, I'll, I'll I'll get you guys the, the recording on that. It was incredible. Is like, it is it up on the site or? Yes. It, yeah. It's up. Nice. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. It was. I mean, everybody that was there um, commented how. It was probably the set of the most enjoyable set of the, including Panic, mm. um, of the week. It was that good. Yeah, these and guys fit in really well with with the band. Yeah. Yeah. So they finish out uh, Maggot Brain, Ride Me High, Busted Big, and then a then a nice Busted Big, you know, the quintessential Mexico song. You know, it's got the you know, right, you know. Going to, you know, ride me down to Mexico. Oh, right, yeah. I see. I've never been there. Well, I mean, I've never seen Panic in Mexico, so I've never known that call and response, right? I know all Kurt, the... I know Curtis, all the... Harvey's never actually heard that song. <laughs> That's not true. I, I, I've seen it before. Um, yeah, but I just, I'm not familiar with the Mexico songs. I know, like, the New Orleans songs, and I know the Kentucky songs. That's about it. Um yeah, so that was good, and then a nice uh, Genesis Love Tractor encore to to send the folks home. But um, some good good nods to the rain, like the the Stone Me opener, and then the the hard rain's gonna fall uh, in the second right. set too. So always got to love fitting. the the tug and cheek panic set lists are always appreciated. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, so we'll move to uh, the third night. Um, how how do how do folks generally? I mean, you got to pace yourself, right? I mean, you're doing four nights of really anything, but four nights of panic at an all inclusive resort. You know, I mean, 
do you find that like folks sort of ride like you know maybe one night is sort of like the you know get crazy night and then the one night is maybe kind of a chill out night or is it everybody's kind of doing their own thing so you get you get a little bit of everything every night well i always try to tell people it's a marathon not a sprint right because it's so easy i mean when it's when you can 24-hour room service and you know you can start off you know breakfast with bloody mary or you know and, and never stop drinking the whole day. Well, and the people uh, that work there, like, encourage it, too. Like, I found, like, oh, yeah. we, we did a all-inclusive on our honeymoon, and it was like, you know, we'd come down and be like, Man, I'll, I'll have a daiquiri, like a virgin daiquiri. He's like, oh, no, no. I'm like, dude, it's nine. I was up all night last night. Like, give me a break. <laughs> you know, it's like, you want a shot of tequila? Uh, sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, why not? Yeah. And so it, it's you do kind of have to, and even though there's restaurants everywhere, you can't remind yourself to eat. Mm-hmm. because it just kind of you've got to have you've got to get base in base meal in there somewhere <laughs> you know it's just like you're gonna run out of gas <laughs> you gotta, you gotta so be a professional how, how even even as even as adults and as professional adults you still have conversations about base meals <laughs> <laughs> cracks me up <laughs> anyway um all right, cool. So, uh, so we're gonna move to the third night, and um, this is a really good show too. And you, when you picked out your your playlist, you gave me the entire second set, and <laughs> which would have been awesome to play. But you know, we try to keep the keep the episodes you know under three hours, and um, so so what I we just we picked the the section with uh, George Porter Jr., which is awesome because he's one of my favorite musicians on the planet. And um, so we're going to play that. This is um, about halfway through the second set. And um, yeah, George Porter Jr. on uh, on bass and vocals in the first song and then on bass for the second song. Give us just a second to fix something up for uh, a man whose group won a Lifetime Achievement Grammy Award for all the amazing music that they've given all of us. So... Uh, Please welcome Mr. George Porter Jr.
January 28th, 2018, night three of Panic in the Playa. Um, second set, midway through, you heard It Ain't No Use and Arlene with uh, George Porter Jr. from The Meters. And um, I, I don't know that the band has ever, I mean, maybe, and you know, I'm not as well versed in the, in the recent years, but like the, that was like a Meters version of Ain't No Use. You know, that was not a Panic version of Ain't No Use. Right. Which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, George was on lead on that, yeah. And just like the intro is just different. It's more like, you know, it, it had that meters. It just sounded more right. like the meter song. So I don't know if he had done that before the times that they played with him, but um, that was, that was uh, pretty I awesome. Don't th- I don't think so off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, he, but, like, it was, that was, the this was the night that, I think this was the, the night of the Grammys, and he had, he was... He'd won a Lifetime Achievement Award with the meters, for the meters. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, this same night, and he chose to come to Playa instead. So, you know, maybe that's I got to give him props for that. That's just how George rolls, man. He'd rather play than stand up on yeah. a stage. <laughs> He'd get an award. Uh, it, and it was, there was a lot, of, a lot of smiles between him and Dave. Um, you can really see... The respect that schools has for for George Porter Jr. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. He, he definitely looks up to him. Well, I mean, like I was saying, definitely the uh, our recollection of of Roberto when it when it first debuted as an instrumental was that it was called Apologies to George Porter Jr. Just because that bass line was just basically straight ripped out of the 
<laughs> out of a meter song. So uh, that was pretty awesome uh, that they got to play again. Yeah. I guess he was, He's. this is what, like the, it's like maybe the fourth time that he's been down there. With I think, them. yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause he always is, comes down there with the late night with the all stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. That's cool. Um, anything else from the third night that was worth mentioning? I mean, I really like, you know, and again, this is, you know, this is grumpy old man, get off my lawn territory. But <laughs> So I'm not super familiar with all of the newer songs. I mean, I know them, but like uh, Honky Red, and I realize it's not like an original, but I mean, I think that may be my favorite of like post Mikey era panic songs. I just think it's, like, it's in J, it's in, it's JB's wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just so it's, perfect, and I think you know, Herring sounds awesome on it, and that's yeah, uh, that's always a welcome song. I don't know if that's like, maybe that's not popular these days to say that. Like, maybe it's you know, like a, it's a you know, pedestrian song for the people that go see them all the time. But uh, to me, that would be one that I'd be happy to see. I like it. Uh, he's updated the lyric. Um, he's applied it to to current like yeah, the, current events you know, current events <laughs> we try to so stay out of political conversations here Curtis. We, have, we have ventured into that the last few weeks and so we're gonna try to rein back just because we don't want to you know don't want to turn anybody off <laughs> yeah but it's it's so in jb's wheelhouse as far as you know he nails it and i like the song personally i think it's great and of course north is yeah fun closer as yeah well, so. yeah that was a that was a fun night. Did did you yeah. have like a favorite? Like I mean, I guess it's hard, uh, you know, when you each one has their own sort of highlights. But did, was there one night that sort of stood out to you as as the as the peak? Maybe maybe last night. Maybe we'll look here in a second. Okay. <laughs> um, it was it was it was a strange playa. In you know, when was the last time? At the time, I noticed the songs that weren't being played. Um, it was odd. felt It felt odd that we had, you know, four night run and we didn't get, didn't get a driving, didn't get a diner, a stop go. You know, there was some songs that you know, but yeah, I look back and still had good shows. You know, you know, but it was at the, at the time. It was kind of like they didn't. I still haven't gotten this. Still hasn't been played. This still hasn't played. You know, well, but, I mean, are you one of the people that like you know before? On, you know, on the last day before the fourth show, you're like you're looking at the previous night's set list, and you're like, okay, well, they haven't played this, they haven't played this. Yeah. Or, I mean, some people prefer to not get into the weeds like that, you know, because they just want to, you know, experience it, you know, organically. But then, I'm the one who wants to, like, I want to know, like, I just, oh, yeah, you know, I, gotta... I, I got, I have to look, okay. I have to like, you know, to have a pretty good idea of what's coming, you know. It's just, and then of course I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I don't know if we, if we, is that something that you did? Like, were you pretty, I mean, it's one thing to like look at the night before, the two nights before, especially like if you're in a long tour where you're not seeing all the shows, but like, or would you take a pen and paper out and be like, you know, oh, it's been six shows since this? And Not like that. I think it was, well, depends on, remember, I was going to shows before mobile technology. Um, and so a lot of it was, 
Yeah, before leaving the house. Right, like, you'd print like, out the last 10 shows or something. Yeah, and then uh-huh. see if you had a long drive, sit in the car and like cross stuff out and be right. like, oh, a good chance we might see this, we might see that. I do remember going to going to shows. We, we went to a show in Iowa City one time and getting in with the tapers and stuff and going up to somebody I knew. And like we were in the car, we had a long drive because we had gone to the show in Nashville, skipped the Memphis show, and gone to and then gone to Iowa City. And like we had mapped and we had mapped out everything that we thought they could play, but we didn't know what they had played in Memphis. So I remember like going up and like, what did they play last night? And like <laughs> just like scribbling furiously, like okay, ding, not gonna get that, not gonna get that, not gonna get that. So, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the fun. I like. Um, I think seeing people post that stuff i mean i only see it on your site curtis but (laughs) crossing stuff out and sort of like these are things that are on the table for the last night of the run or the last night of a tour so it's kind of cool yeah all right cool so speaking of the last night let's uh we'll move forward to the final night and uh do do you see like do is there ever like at the end like maybe there's some folks that they can't make it out because they've gone too hard (laughs) The first three nights, like the the crowds, maybe not quite as big the last night, or that's just that's silly uh, silly talk because you're there. And you're I mean, go. there's there's a few here and there like yeah. that left this year due to real life. Yeah, <laughs> real life through them, you know, you know, family, you know, family emergencies at home, and, yeah. and but as far as now, there are there are people at this point that sleep all day and may wake up just before showtime. <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of they may have missed all the day. Fewer, fewer people, right? Fewer people are at the pool maybe during the right. During the afternoon. Exactly. Okay. I got you. Um, on this particular day, we had it was a rainy day, so a lot of people were just kind of hanging out in the rooms. It was we had actually a lot of rain this day, on the on that last day. So it wasn't until, you know, people really weren't coming out of the rooms until, you know, closer to showtime. So they uh, so they opened the show with. With the werewolves of London, was that a woman? Uh, okay, I assumed that that was the case. I just didn't, you know, I couldn't recall what my moon phases were for late January. But uh, yeah, I bet that was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I didn't realize it was either until I looked up. I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, what's the significance of this? And then, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, so, uh, the, the section we picked out here or that Curtis picked out was, um, sort of the last, uh, segment of the second set. So, um, big first set, um, big early second set too. And, um, but we kick things off here with a, uh, with a, a new original debut, right? And then, uh, yes. and then we'll, we'll take it through, uh, the end of the set and, uh, and Mr. War- Mr. Marcus, I almost caught, said Warren Haynes, <laughs> Mr. Mini, Mr. He's, Mini he's Warren like a, Haynes. He's like a young Warren Haynes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mr. Marcus King comes out for the last couple songs, so uh, we'll throw that. This is uh, January 29th uh, in Panic in La Paya, night four.
Mm-hmm. 
this set, I mean, this night I I did go over and actually look at the set list. You know, like I cheated. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, if you're if I mean, if you're hanging out in the soundboard, like that's you that takes some self control, right? I mean, yeah. If if I'm sober, a lot of times I'll go ahead and look. If I'm a little less than sober, I, w- I don't want to know. Okay. But you know, but if I'm sitting there and like I'm uploading the show, uploading the set list from the show on my phone, so I'm updating the HTML and then uploading it live. Um, I kind of it helps if I just you know what what's coming, so I can go ahead and type it in. You know, like so I look at it and I saw that Sundown Bay. I'm like, okay, what is what is the hell's that? <laughs> so, yeah, the guy he gave. I think on the stream on the on the the audio of the, the archive on my in my vault, you can actually hear because I immediately went over to the tapers and told the tapers. I think you can kind of hear me saying "Sundown Betty," you know, because I'm like two feet under the mics. Mm-hmm. As I'm kind of telling Z-Man and Colorado artists and everybody, like it's sun, that's called "Sundown Betty," first time original. I remember. So, I remember one show in in Louisville at the palace where I was coming back from set break and I saw the second set laid out on the soundboard. And I was like, it took, I mean, I was like, so like torn inside of me. Like I knew that I wasn't supposed to look. And it was like, it was literally like going down Christmas morning and seeing the presents before my parents were awake. And, um, and I, but I looked and, and I have to say, I totally regretted it because it never looks as good on paper as it is in real life. Right. I mean, it was like, right. I was like, Oh, that doesn't, that's not very good. And then, but you know, it was, it was fine. It was good stuff. I just was, there was not, you know, there was no big bust out or, you know what I mean? It was just like a straightforward, really good second set. So yeah. Many regrets <laughs> on that. Well, yeah, you, Jeff, have you ever cheated? Well, sometimes, but now I do it because I'll go look at the set list and be like, I'm not going to miss anything so I can go home. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's I mean, no joke. That's like, that happens all the time. Um, uh-huh. It's like, not, not, not panic, but like I, well, a friend and I went to a mule show um, last fall, maybe. And it was, I think it was two sets. And it was like, first set was fine, but they got started late and they took a long set break and then they started going and so I was, I'm just going to walk over and see what they're going to play. And like, it was all out. It's like, man, that looks pretty good. And I was like, okay, this is what they're going to do. Is this worth you staying another half hour? And he's like, no, man, I've seen Soul Shine so many times. I was like, okay, well, let's go home. I mean, it's, it's sad, but it's actually kind of true. Curtis, this um, is what happens when you get old and have children. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I used to go sneak a look every once in a while. And yes, I think Harvey, it's more like if it's I'm more on your side on that one, it's sort of like, why did I do that? <laughs> Cause you think about the surprise, I mean, how happy you are when things are a surprise, but, and then of course it's also like, well, I'm not going to get my hopes up for anything. So. I, I even yeah. find myself doing that when I'm like, if I'm pulling out an old show, like, to listen to for the podcast that like i don't if i don't have the set list memorized which is you know i mean most of them i do but but there's lots that i don't and it's like you know i'm i'm not gonna look at this you know at the you know at the playlist on the ipod i'm just gonna let let it play and experience it you know as if i had never Mm -hmm. heard it before i do that with panic stream at work i was like i'll pay i'll go to this day in 
the, the, the day of stuff and just pick a year and be like, okay, 96 or, you know, 95 or whatever. It's like, just play it. And then, yeah, try not, try not to listen. If I don't, if I'm doing something solitary at work, um, yes, not look at the set list and try to go along with it and figure out what's coming next and like pay attention actually. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Harvey. It's more fun. It's fun to do that sometimes. Um, we haven't really talked at all about the music anything. I mean, obviously, you know, the stuff with Marcus King is fantastic, but anything sort of stick out to you? The mountain jam is incredible. That, that was, that was the highlight. Um, the sundown Betty, it was, uh, it was, it was was, the first time played, right? (laughs) It was first time played. So, but I mean, it's it's like, that's like, like a, that's like an adjective for a song. I think when it's played, it's like, you know, it's got some work, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, there's, there's room to grow there. But at the time I was also getting texts from people stateside that this, that the live stream was down. Ah. I mean, all, the whole, all four shows, they were struggling with, with internet connection and Wi-Fi and, just getting maintaining a connection to hmm. to to broadcast a stream. So at this time, the sundown. I mean, during sundown, Betty, the stream was down. So I'm trying to. It's a first time played. We haven't had one of those in a long time, as far as a first time original. And so I'm trying to describe it on on Twitter, going, "Okay, it's a JB lead, <laughs> JB lead vocals," uh, and it it was it was kind of tough to. I haven't done that in a while, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the originals that we've had lately, they've been on the album, you know, so this is one of those that they played it before it was on the album. So it, it was kind of like a, we're working in reverse again, you know, yeah, the way it used like, to be. Like they used to do, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it used to be you have a song out for a year or two and then you're like, oh, it's on the album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it just kind of, um, it was, it was a good song. I liked it. I just, I want to, you know, it's one of those that, It'll, it'll grow on me. Mm-hmm. Um, that Jeff, mountain jam was just incredible. Yeah, well, Jeff's our resident Almond Brothers expert. So, Jeff, what's your, uh, what's your, um, not your opinion, but what's your, you know, what's your emotional response to the mountain jam there? <laughs> emotional response. Uh, no, that was good. No, it's good. I mean, obviously, Jimmy has history with the with the Almond Brothers, mm-hmm. and, and Marcus, you kind of alluded to it earlier um but marcus is essentially inhabiting the warren haynes role right now in jam band world mm-hmm. um obviously warren is still sitting in with people but marcus has become like the the go-to he's, he's like the utility player right just yeah. plug him in wherever um, you need it yeah i mean he's like warren in the 90s right where he just would show up and play with anybody and everybody um, you know, Blues Traveler and Panic and ARU and Dave Matthews and, you know, a bunch of stuff. And Marcus is kind of that guy who plays, you know, he's, his style fits in well. And, you know, Jimmy was that guy for a long time, too, sure. um, where, where he fits in and can play a bunch of different styles. I mean, I think that's one of the, you know, we, we played the Ain't No Use earlier, um, is that Jimmy's style, the way he plays, a lot, he's able to sort of fit his he can he can more closely mimic another guitar player than Hauser could, um, which isn't necessary. Which that's not a comment or a criticism or anything. It's just it just it just it, it is. is a comment. Right. <laughs> it is a comment. It just is. Um, and so I think Marcus is somebody whose styles are um, 
style fits in really well and just obviously fits in well with panic and I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll be around for years to come because he seems to be becoming the guy that's you know he's going to tour with Tedeschi Trucks and he's tours with the Mule and so he'll, he'll be around. Yeah, he's that you know that young generation coming in that you know all these all these other bands are getting old. You know someone's got to step in and he's he's right there. They are old. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're I guess we're all getting old. But, oh. <laughs> you know, camping for me is a hotel without a bar. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, anything else from from Panic and the Playa that we should that we should touch on before we wrap, um, wrap up? Uh, like I said, all I highly suggest the the cleaner set. Um, yeah, that yeah we'll, we'll put the, that in the I'm, show notes. Yeah, I'm gonna put the rest of the streams up. Um, Probably tomorrow. I'm, I'm moving kind of slow. It took me a week to recover. <laughs> uh, it's like my sleep schedule is all off. Um, but yeah, it's a. I, yeah, I think that was the last year to three year contract. I haven't heard anything as far as when a new contract being signed. But I always tell people it, it seems expensive, but it's worth it. It is so much fun when you go there. Um, just because it's, it's all. It's 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 all us. It's all f- fans, and you're not keeping anybody awake. They're you know by being loud. You know it's, it's, it's unlike any other. You can't get it anywhere else, and so it's a it's a fun fun time, uh, and you're in paradise. You know what's what, what's not to like. So yeah, I can I always recommend. You know, Cloud Nine gets better each year, and they do a good job, and. I might, you know, hats off to that whole bunch, that whole group. So I highly recommend it. Well, um, I, I just to sort of before we wrap up, I want to just touch back on uh, on Panic Stream a little bit. What do you see? You know, what's the obviously there's a you know that awesome presentation on New Year's. Um, I mean, you I don't even like. Do you, do you even like think about how much time you put into the site every week? I mean, I'm just like. <laughs> You may not even want to say. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to know. I mean, it's. I don't want. I, it's. It's a. It's a. It's my passion. It's become. It's weird. You know, I mentioned Ted Rockwell earlier, but he's always somebody I looked up to because yeah. we were a companion. You sure. know, and, yeah. And when, when I was first starting in '05-ish, you know, I remember he called me, and he he gave me some advice. He's like, he's like your hobby is going to become your lifestyle. And I didn't realize what he meant. <laughs> well, I now realize what he meant. Mm. And he was exactly right. And this was back, you know, you know, 12, 13 years ago. Um, it has become my, it's become my, you know, my passion and it's become my lifestyle. So, I mean, and especially like going to New Year's, you know, I get, I get tunnel vision where I don't see, the impact the site has had on the, you know, on the wider community. Like I just do my thing, but for something like that to happen and that many people to be a part of it and not a soul told me for it to keep a secret Mm -hmm. for as long as it did. And that really showed me the power that the site has had on people in a positive and affected them in a positive way. 
and it really it really touched it was really moving and very touching i mean i not cried i couldn't help it <laughs> um but it's so it really it really warms your soul you know that i've worked you know this is a dedicated you know decade plus to this you know little hobby and it's actually it's made a difference in people's lives so i mean people have met on my chat board that then have gotten married and now have kids and you know i like to i played a little part in that so it's you know it, it, you know some of my closest friends i've now met through this you know through panic stream so it's kind of and that's multiplied you know times thousands of people so it it's, it makes me very it's unique the way it started and it's unique in the impact for you know a fan site to become and I think I'd like to say it's kind of linked the band with the fans it's kind of like it's bridged that gap and you know it's it's kind of unique in music for 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 what it is so and I'm very proud of it I'm, you know it's you know, I mean, it's not all me. It's, it's a lot of people that have that have played a part in that. But it, you know, it definitely makes me proud. But, you know, I know you put a lot of time and and your own money into into the site. Are there ways that folks can support it? I mean, buy T-shirts, donate, all those things. Anything else they can do? That's you know, that's that's the main thing. Is is you know, I think a lot of that really increased awareness. I think a lot of people didn't realize that New Year's kind of, they didn't realize, they just assumed because the site was so big that it made money. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't I don't have any advertisement on the site, you know. And this last year with no touring, it made it really difficult because people weren't buying merch and, you know, they weren't donating because there weren't, there wasn't any shows that weren't coming to it as much. So, mm-hmm. But yet my expenses, my expenses stayed the same. Right. So, it's really increased the awareness. Um, a lot more people have just set up a recurring donation, you know, two fifty or five bucks a month, mm-hmm. and that you know, a cost of a beer, buy me a beer a month, <laughs> and and it that right there will you know, that's all it takes. Um, that's kind of, you know, I'm doing them selling the merch, but you know, that kind of having. The donation, the huge donation I got at New Year's, that kind of gives me some some flexibility within the budget. Uh, I'm working on an app that's been number one on the wish list for for years, but mm-hmm. finally got a team together that were working on a on a mobile app. Nice. Um, so that's 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 in the process. Uh, so it's just kind of, you know, it's gonna, it's the site's not going anywhere. The site's gonna be up for a long time. Well, so, when, when it's time, I want you to come back on the show and we can break the news about the release of the po- of the the app on the podcast. How about that? For sure, <laughs> for sure thing. <laughs> what uh, besides that? What do you see? Like, what you know? What does the next three years hold? I mean, I was going to say five, but I feel like that's like a, a, a eternity in technology. Um, yeah. You know, what do you? I mean, obviously the band's not going to play forever, right? And so at some point, it just becomes a repository. What, you know, what, what other ideas do you have moving forward? You know, I've, I've thought about does this model translate to other bands? You know, could I, mm-hmm. 
do this with, you know, with another band. And I just, there's no one else right now that I'm passionate about to where I would dedicate the time to follow it as closely as I do, you know, panic. Um, but, you know, there's a, the model actually, you know, there's a, it's a proven model, but you've got to have somebody that can throw their, throw everything into it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I do need to design the site more and more towards mobile. Uh, that most of my, most of my visits now are mobile, mm-hmm. uh, mobile users. So that's kind of, I know that's the, you know, need to tweak some things in that end. Um, but it's kind of, I don't know beyond that. Um, more, more non, more miscellaneous bands, I guess. More non, more non, you know, that's, that's becoming, you know, for the first time, the, the non panic vault has surpassed the number of streams that I have in panic. Wow. I mean, that, that was a, that was a big, you know, that was a big milestone there. Sure. So yeah, it's a, you know, it's it's continually to continues to grow. Filling all those holes from from ninety five and earlier. <laughs> exactly. You know, like I said, that's that's uh, we got something that works there. All right, um, uh, Jeff, you got anything else? No, I don't. It's, uh, thanks, Curtis, for sitting in with us this week and picking some great music, and obviously many thanks. Uh, we, we try to thank you almost every week for, for, for what you do, but now we get to thank you in person. Thank you for everything you do for the site and this community and, you know, for the band and its fans and everything. It's an awesome resource for us. And literally I, Harvey probably could, cause he's more tech, technologically adept than me, but I literally could not do this project without panic stream. So, so thank you. And, and I will make a suggestion and then I will go do it. I, if we can get, you know, all of our listeners or even a part of all our listeners to chip in five bucks a month to Curtis's website. It would really do a lot to keep it up and going and, and, and maintain the high standard that it already has. And um, again, it's a great resource for panic, but it's a great resource for a bunch of other stuff too. So thank you, Curtis. And, and I appreciate it, fellas. And, and all I can say for anybody listening, if they, if you were a part of the new year's fundraiser, you know, surprise, um, thank you from bottom of my heart. That blew me away. You know, I, I don't see how it was kept a secret. You know, no one said a peep to me through two previous panic shows that, you know, two previous nights of panic late night at Sam Holt. Nothing. No one said a, I didn't have a clue. It was coming. I was just sitting there and all of a sudden it just kept getting crowded, more and more crowded. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> there must be you know, something important happening. I wonder what it I'm is. Like, why is the, why is the aisle not moving? Why are y'all staring at me? Wouldn't just go. Leave me alone. Just, you know, you know, because that's when I post this. I list to you know social media. I'm like, <laughs> quit talking to me. Leave me alone. And just kind of like, I was getting irritated. And then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden Z Man comes up there and puts up a mic stand. I'm like, what are you doing? No one's no one's no one's answering my questions. I'm like, what the hell? And then, and then the spotlight hit me, and I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that uh, awesome. so. Thank you for you know for anybody listening. If you were involved in that, you know, thank you very much. It it meant it meant the world to me. So I appreciate it. 
All right, Curtis. Thanks for for uh, joining us. I hope we can do it again. Um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you down the road. Thanks for all you do. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop. Osiris is partnered with Relics Magazine at relics.com. We'll send this one out to Mr. Colonel Bruce Hampton as well. Yes, it does. Had to do with love of that
Well, we got it. We haven't brought it back yet. Uh, no, well, no, we just pretend like we brought it back. I mean, I'm not going to throw away all that good stuff we just did. Oh, wait, you're going to include that? Yes, that was all really good. I thought that was. I thought that was going to be the uh, the after show. Your, your your after show stuff that you sneakily put in that I don't know that you include. Every uh, once in a while. No, that was too good. I think. Okay. Um, but maybe I'll take this section and put it at the end. <laughs> uh, 